Thanks everybody for joining us on Dime Travel. If you've listened to the show before and you kind of know what the idea is, go ahead and skip 30 seconds. If you've never listened to the show before, I'll give you kind of an idea. What we do here is we take a look at the history of the NBA through the lens of an individual season, except we don't look at the playoffs. We imagine what if the regular season was that chase for the cup? How would that affect history? How would that affect legacies? How would that change the entire landscape of the NBA if there were no playoffs? Well, let's go back in time and check it out. to tell you more about it is my man kevin can you help explain that thanks chris uh thanks for the setup so the way that we decide who the regular season champ is since everyone plays such an unbalanced schedule it'd be unfair to just look at uh at records is we use the elo rating system that they use in chess and tennis uh basically just a quick overview of that is everyone starts at a 1500 rating after each game the winner's rating goes up losers goes down by the same amount and the amount they go up or down depends on what the team's rating were going in, which team was home, and the margin of victory. So that's our methodology for going through each NBA season and assigning a new champ. On last week's episode, we did 1985, and we reaffirmed the championship for the Los Angeles Lakers. So this year, this week, we're going to look at 1978 and see if the Washington Bullets are our champion as well. Uh, so 1978, Chris. What do you think about when you think about 1977, 1978 NBA season? Oh my God. Um, so many things. Uh, Cinnamon Life came out that year. Cabbage yeah. Patch Doll Kids and mm-hmm. Dr. J. Dr. J. Those, I remember you used to always call those the big three. So, the big three of 1978. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan what about for you, 1978? What, what, what's the first thing that pops in your head for that season? I think about the changing of the gauntlet. Yeah, got to change your gauntlets. They get sweaty. Or the changing of the guard. <laughs> also, also a little changing of the guard. Because the guard, yeah. it's a couple different years after the merger. They mer- might be wearing different gauntlets. A couple, couple years after the merger, and they're still kind of like the unknown. Which which league is better? Is this a good idea? Who's in charge? So when I, when I think 1978, for me, it, makes, it always makes me think of, uh, I don't know if you guys ever read Breaks of the Game, but it was one of the more famous basketball books ever written. But it was about the Portland Trailblazer team breaking up a couple years after this. But this, this was a very famous year for the Portland Trailblazers and Bill Walton, uh, who was amazing this year. And they're, they're the story of the season to start off the year. That's that, that that's what I think of when I think of 1978. Uh, also think a little bit about one of the worst champions ever. But but we'll get we'll get to the, we'll get to all that. First, we're going to play a little game called Guess the Players. The Players. Where, where Ryan has a list of the all NBA teams from this year. And I give him some of the more obscure nicknames for the all NBA first team and second team players on, on basketballreference.com, where they have every single nickname anyone's ever been called in the history of their life. And we'll see if mm-hmm. Ryan can guess which player had these nicknames. This is a segment I like to call nicknames of the stars. You've never or, called or, it that. I- Obscure nicknames of the stars. I'm toying with different title segments, but yeah. Obscure nicknames of the stars. Beetlejuice. Okay. All right, Ryan, are you ready? I am ready. 
This right. is Which how we NBA do it. player in 1978 made an All-NBA team and went by the nickname Greyhound? Well, definitely somebody really old because they have gray hair. Or they could be really mm-hmm. fast and like a greyhound run races, or they could drive a bus. So many mm-hmm. options. I'm gonna go with Paul Westfall. No, it was not Paul Westfall. It was uh, Chris for the steel. It was Chris with the, for the steel. Hello, uh, George Gervin. No, it was not George Gervin. It was Walter Davis. Uh, your old grandpa, your great grandpa, no, no relation. Uh, he was known for his, uh, how fast the team would, would play when he was in the game. So that's why they called him Greyhound. He was a rookie this year, still the all time leading Phoenix sun scorer. So, so it was uh, about how fast he was and about how fast the team played when he was, when he was out there. Oh, the speed of the, okay. But the game, uh, Ryan has thrown out reasons why I thought the bus thing was going to be the one. So one greyhound doesn't affect the rest of the greyhound. It's going to be bus related. That's true. That's true. So you're saying being a greyhound is not contagious. Uh, I guess it is. In 1978, you better watch out. Yeah. <laughs> greyhound fever. Yeah. It was a different time. Yeah, you don't. We all get got that. vaccinated for it and forgot about it. It worked then. All right. All right. I'm going to give you a little bit easier one. Which, which player made an All-NBA team this season and had the nickname Grateful Red? Oh, yeah. Definitely Bill Walton. Definitely Bill Walton. Grateful Dead fan. Red-haired individual. MVP this season, despite only playing 58 games. Incredible. All right. Also incredulous. All right. Incredible and incredulous. Yes. So incredulous. They completely tie-dyed. Yeah. All right, one so one one and one. Let's see. Here's the tiebreaker. The third one. Which player on BasketballReference.com has their nickname listed as Houdini? Oh, that guy just disappeared. Uh, Pete Maravich. It was not Pete Maravich. He was a trickster with the ball. I'll tell you what. There one moment, the other moment, it's not. Once again, three three guesses. You picked. All, I, you guessed all three. Did I convince you yet? You picked all three white players as your guesses, but um, it was Julius Irving. Oh, oh, because cool. he was the doctor of wizardry. I like that nickname. He was the doctor of wizardry. That's right. He taught at Hogwarts for a time. Drink this I potion, think. man. That's such a cooler nickname than Doctor J. I think you should just go by the the Great what? Houdini or whatever. Yeah, cooler than Doctor J. You no, know, I mean not. Uh, you're right. You're right. I'm not. Semantics. That's a lot of schooling. Sure. He's a doctor and a wizard. Semantics. The whole thing we're doing is talking. <laughs> I can't say it's just semantics. What I'm saying is, I see where you're going with this, and I already agree. Of course, Doctor J is one of the coolest, slickest basketball nicknames of all time. So, I would definitely want to save that soundbite. I see where you're going, and I already agree. <laughs> it's my favorite thing for people to say. All right, this is a time travel podcast, so I know. I'll sure. remind you. Speaking of time travel, we're going to go on to our next segment called Primetime Team, where we take advantage of this time travel premise and say, which team would benefit the most if they were allowed to time travel and get whatever version of the players on their roster they wanted? Primetime. We call it the Primetime Team. So I had two candidates. The first candidate, as always, I like to shoehorn the Boston Celtics in here 
this year they went 32 and 50. They, they were number 12 in the ELO rating. Perfect. 1940 yeah, points. They're, they're, this is mostly the remnants of past great Celtics teams. So point guard, you got Dave Bing, who's third in MVP voting seven years earlier. Shooting guard, JoJo White. This is right around his prime. It's fine to get him from this year. But the, the big ones, at small forward, John Havlicek, fourth in MVP voting in 72, but had a long career of uh, 11 All-NBA appearances. This is, this is about six years after you, the time you would want him. Power forward, Cedric Maxwell. No, no uh, All-Star appearances, but the 1981 Finals MVP. This was his rookie year, so he wasn't ready to contribute much. And then maybe the star of this would be center David Cowens. 93 uh, the 1973 MVP uh but this is this is five years after you would want him on your team so I think that, that this is the team if we if we go with the premise who would benefit the most from time travel I think this might be the team yeah that team is stacked prime time mm-hmm. yeah a lot of all-star get, appearances mm-hmm. MVP running candidates just it's if yeah. the team when you when you look at the names you're like it, it's like Shocking that they were a mediocre miss the playoff team until you look at the ever all the players' ages and then you see if you could do if you could actually execute this exercise in real life, like you could time travel and get the prime time version of each player, contracts would be so crazy. But if you got all these contracts, prime time, this would be star studded. This team would be unstoppable for this mm-hmm. era. So but but you cool you team. would worry whether or not they had the, the immunity to gray greyhound pox. So there's definitely downsides as well. No time, way to time travel is so tricky, but that that's yeah. our first candidate. Candidate number two, because I always like to have a second candidate. I think it's going to be tough to top, but the Golden State Warriors from this year were, had, had a lot more success than the Celtics. They were 43 and 35 team, uh, number seven in the ELO rating with a 15-16 rating. They still missed the playoffs, but what, what they would really benefit from, uh, for one thing, their point guard, uh, Ricky Green, uh, didn't make an all-star team for another six years. Uh, this was his this was his rookie year. Nicknamed fastest of them all. Thought that was one of the more interesting nicknames I saw in basketball reference. It's a long nickname. It's a long nickname. It takes it's not really helpful. You know, you know it's mm-hmm. a, a fine nickname? Ricky. You can just call Ricky. him Ricky. Yeah. Fastest just, of them all, but slowest nickname. But to save of them some all. time, you know. Ricky. Fota. Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> and as shooting guard, Phil Smith. This is his prime, whatever. Uh, but a couple of the big ones, small forward Rick Barry, who was fourth in MVP voting in 1975 and 76. But So this was about three years after you would have wanted him in his prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, power forward uh, E.C. Coleman. This is about the only year that you would have wanted him. He was out of the league soon. Uh, and then at center, Robert Parrish future uh, Hall of Famer on the Celtics. This is super early in his career. He was fourth in MVP, MVP voting in 82. This is about four years before that. So didn't know he was a warrior. That's that's actually pretty crazy. Yeah, you don't you never think of him as the Warriors, but yeah, that's where where he started. Hmm. But what do you think? Cool Celtics team. probably benefit the most? Oh, definitely. Yeah. The Celtics, this team yeah, right here. Do you like any of the players on that team? This the Celtics team right here is the prime example of this exercise, meaning their season was terrible this year, but in their prime, they're one of the best teams probably ever. 
Yeah. Thanks. Th- thanks for taking it so seriously, Ryan. I mean, the differential between how bad they were Appreciate versus that. their prime. I mean, compared to other teams, maybe not the best, but the difference mm-hmm. in their prime versus now could not Big be sweat. more emphasized mm-hmm. or exaggerated. No, you you couldn't overstate it, even if you tried. If you tried, yeah. But some of the other yeah, players that are swing, noteworthy, you have Wesley Cox, yeah. who is 6'6", six, six. Derek Dickey, 6'7", yeah. and then Charles mm-hmm. Johnson at 6 feet. I get, He was the point guard. He got the short end of the stick. But, I mean, they were all... <laughs> yeah, maybe not the best primetime team, but the most phallic. And uh-huh. fastest of them all. Yeah. And fastest of them all. <laughs> That's right. Um, do you know, oh, by the way, retroactively going back to guess the player, do you guys know who carried the name of downtown from the season? Yeah, Julie Brown. And he played on the Supersonics. Ryan's uh, deep diving into some stats here. Um I would just like to mention that this was the year that Ben and Jerry's opened its first ice cream shop. Oh, I'm hungry. Yeah, but that doesn't help us figure out who was downtown. Seattle Supersonics player? Yes. It was either Ben or Jerry. Uh, he, was, he was a teammate. Downtown Jack Sigma? He was a teammate of... Kevin, just the for the love eraser. of God, just say downtown a basketball Jack player's Sigma. name and say you don't know. Downtown Dennis Johnson. <laughs> Are you sure that guy's downtown, 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 Fre- downtown Fred? <laughs> downtown Fred Brown. Dead down Fred Brown. Downtown Kermit Washington. That is correct, Kevin. Yes, I should have known because the Julie Brown thing is it's because of the rhyming part. Dang it! Guess how tall the Human Eraser was. That's great. The Human Eraser. That guy was like seven one. Exactly, averaging fourteen Marvin points, twelve point six rebounds a game, and two blocks. I mean, apparently you only have to average two blocks to be a Human Eraser. Some low standards. Yes. How many how many blocks do you think someone should have to average to be a human eraser? I would say like ten. Yeah. I'd say two. Hmm. That means like yeah, well, maybe every single game. I'm really excited for that nickname to happen, so it doesn't take a lot. <laughs> how many times did you have to block someone's like the first block? Oh, it's a human eraser. Good job. Yeah, you know, and that's but that's the thing about the basketball reference nicknames is that maybe he was called that in middle school. That's true. He could have averaged ten just, blocks then, and, it, and no one ever called him that again. But Basketball Reference dug it up. They do good yeah. work over there. I mean, he could have been called that in the drive-through <laughs> or in elementary school, and it's and Basketball mm-hmm. Reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he just did really poorly on an exam once. You just kept having to erase stuff, you know. <laughs> Go human eraser, um, which makes me wonder. So after primetime, what do we do then? Uh, what happened in 1978? So talk about that. All right, yeah, I, I was about to move on to Fastest uh, of them all. another one. To another one of our categories. This is biggest improvement. This is the team that had the biggest improvement in their ELO rating from the previous season to this season. Fred Brown, and for this year, that team was the Seattle Supersonics, who we just spent a, minute, a long time talking about for no reason. It was called an Starring intro. Starring Marvin Webster, the human eraser. I know. No, you, you crushed it. But last in the 1977 season, they were the number 10 ELO-rated team. This year, they were up to number five. And next season, 1979, they win the championship. 
So this is this is the part of that, that this team turning a corner and becoming one of the awesome teams in the NBA. Uh, they, they added Gus Williams, Marvin Webster, the human eraser, rookie Jack Stigma. Dennis Johnson took a leap this this year in his second season. It was a, I, I like rooting for the Supersonics. Yeah. And Fred Brown's on Me the too. team. Me too. Cool jerseys. And downtown Fred Brown. He's a guy All with right. a funny name, Willie Wise. That's it. Willie, I like Willie it. Wise. Yeah. That'd be, be a good... Be a good jersey. Go back in time and get that Willie Wise. Yeah. Slick Watts. There's a guy named Slick. I know, but so. you don't get that on the back of the jersey. You get Wise no. on the back. Yeah, no. I, that's just one that you tell people, I'm Slick Watts. And they're like, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's cool. I feel like that's probably a nickname. Yeah. Like a it, Truck it, Robinson's not his real first name. Right. You're, it might be, yeah. I really like I they had a John be. Johnson. Keeping it real. And he's from Iowa. Yeah. Keeping it real, real cornbread there. All right. Now we're going to go on to our next, our next category, which is okay. kind of a rare category for this because usually – so we're, it, eventually we're going to count down the top three ELO-rated teams. Usually that includes the champion. But this season it does not because this year the postseason champion was the Washington Bullets, the lowest-rated ELO team ever to win the championship they had a 1498 elo rating so lower than they started the year at they were 11th in the t- in the league this team has Only no chance, chance to ever do that i know but they did yeah they had but with with our format we just erase all that so who's yeah. the human eraser now yeah gone yeah, it's us you gone mm-hmm. yeah and i've never averaged two blocks in a season Really? But you know who did? Elvin Hayes for the Washington Bullets this year. Wow. This team was led Elvin by Hayes. Elvin Hayes, Bobby Dandridge. Uh, Wes Unseld was on this team, but it was all downhill for him after his rookie season when he won MVP. So he was already 31. Mm-hmm. It was over. Really cool playoff run, honestly, um, if we cared about the playoffs, but we don't. Yeah, but, yeah we acknowledge really cool. it. It's impressive. It's, it's, our silver, it's our silver medal. But the gold medal is the long – you know, if you play against four opponents for like 20 games, what about the mm-hmm. 82? Who's going to speak for the 82? Yeah. The human erasers. The human erasers. Yeah, th- this Washington Bullets team is like the equivalent of a, like a 14 seed making it to the final four or something. It also yeah. – so, yeah, for sure. Mitch, Mitch Kupchak? It's he was, there. He was a young, young buck on this team. Language, Kevin. Language. No, 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 no. You, that's that's not a swear word. That's a person. Oh, oh, I love it. Then, yeah. Uh, All right. I might actually just start saying that as my catchphrase. Anything else to talk about for the Washington Bullets? Or we can can turn the page in our uh, trapper keeper on that one. I mean, it was cool that they were the Bullets back then before uh, DC became the murder capital of the country. Um, Do you think there's uh, any connection there? I, I think there was actually that was part of the uh, decision to change the name. Hmm. It, but do you think that was part of the reason they had that name? Oh no, I don't think so. Chicken I think it eggs. was just just like a female out. bull thing. Yeah. 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 They definitely have the most they... violent name. Which one? The bullets. I mean. Oh, I, th- I thought you were thinking of some player on the team. No, David Third yeah, Kill no, was in the a different bullets, season. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> love Long time fans of the pod. Kill. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Third Kill family. Thanks for listening. One love, Third Kill. One of the more violent. <laughs> One love, Third Kill. Uh, Washington Bullets, uh, very violent name. But, you know, modern day, one of the more uh, kid-friendly names. Um, yeah. Especially with those Wizards. J.K. Rowling fans. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. What those Wizards what those w- wizards did to house elves, that's pretty violent, too. You know? I, I think I think you can make the case. I'm trying, I'm trying to think what other teams we can make the case you for. You have for the being Kansas City Patty Cakes. Yeah. The New York Rainbows. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. And then yeah, out of nowhere, Waterheads just shedded a single tear for for Dobby just then. So, yeah, bring that up. I guess the New Jersey Nets is kind single of violent. The Golden State Warriors, the Warriors, come out and play. Yeah. The Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. They're so cavalier. It's like mm-hmm. take some ownership over yourself. They're like, right. whatever. They're- I do what I want. Uh huh. So many accidents because they're just not. They're not buckling their seatbelts. I think that's enough talk about this terrible Washington Bullets team. Bobby Dandridge was cool. Whatever. All right. Mm-hmm. Next next category is the peak ELO team. So the champion is the team that ends the season with the highest ELO rating. But I just wanted to talk about the team that reached the highest ELO rating. But it wasn't at the end of the year, so they're not our champion. And that team was the Portland Trailblazers, who they got their ELO rating all the way up to 1718. Amazing. At okay. Game 60. They were they were 104 points ahead of everybody else. Dang. There's and no chance they Bill can Walton lose. got hurt and they fell apart. This Dang. was that team led by 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 the grateful red Bill Walton, mm-hmm. who scored 19 points a game, the only played 58 terror. games, and oh, was the man. MVP, which is pretty crazy. It's insane how good he was. Yeah, I mean, it, totally crazy. I mean, nothing, nothing really more needs to be. You don't need to prove how good he was when you see just how much this team just fell apart when he. Yeah, I mean, I, he got I think hurt. this season he really defined what it means to be most valuable player. I mean, and that mm-hmm. just yeah. he was the team. It was, it was it was a good team, but he just and it's actually a good time to talk about him too because we're coming off of the first Nuggets championship ever, and I feel like Jokic is in that that lineage of awesome passing centers. That I don't know if it starts with Bill Walton, but he's definitely one of the maybe five names that need to be on that list. So he's definitely Jokic one I don't know. I think you're you're tiptoeing around some stuff that could be sensitive, but. I think I think I agree. You're fine. What am I tiptoeing around? Well, uh, just well, it's, it's fun to compare the two, but obviously, I don't want to see I mean, Jokic other, been other go great the way of Bill. Like, what about like Arvita Sabonis? He was a great yeah. passing center. Absolutely. No, thank you. I'm full. Does that yeah, help? Sabonis is probably yeah. <laughs> I I like to compare him more to Dirk in my mind. Mm. But if Dirk actually played more center, but I mean, just the shooting and dribbling is uh, really good, but we don't have to make this a Jokic podcast. What position is Luca? It's like a point guard. Yeah. Seven like foot a point five point guard type. I don't know. He's so tall, yeah, but seven he's so foot five. Seven foot five. I mean, looks so tall on TV. Yeah. It's just kids. You think of Victor. He's got that pituitary thing. <laughs> don't they all? They all 
but yeah, this was uh, this was if you're doing like a time travel thing, you you would want to get Bill Walton from the first half of this year. Oh yeah, but mm. it is it is really sad to see when you look at how many games he played each season. He averaged like 33 games a season throughout his career. You know, after after this, so he he got injured in game 60, came back in the playoffs, but he was still hurt. Sat out the whole next year because he was mad that they brought him back too early, and then left for the Clippers. Wow, which never ends well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a could have been so much more. It was, just, it was an amazing story, and then this, and then a really sad story. But luckily, they won the, the title the year before. But still, this could have been an amazing year. Yeah. All right, but enough dancing around. Now, now we get to the top three ELO-rated teams for this year as we figure out who wins the championship. And we've already ruled out the championship. Our champion is not going to be the Washington Bullets. So, unlike last last episode where we reconfirmed the Lakers as the champion of the year, we're going to have a new champion for 1978 in our version of the universe. So, starting with number three, number three in the ELO rating at the end of the year was the Los Angeles Lakers. Led by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was, who's, I mean, one of the top five players of all time. Uh, he was number four in the league in points, seven in rebounds, number two in blocks. This guy was practically a human eraser. Three blocks but a game. He by definition, also missed a lot of is. games. By definition, he broke his game. He broke his hand in game one. Missed missed twenty one games, uh, throwing a punch. And then uh, another another gentleman also missed a lot of time after throwing a punch. Kermit Washington, the famous Rudy Tomjanovich punch. So violent. Really was. But you know, you, you end up feeling bad for the guy when you when you read all when you read more about it, but he, he really was vilified for it. And it was a nasty mm-hmm. punch, but Oh yeah. Broke his face, right? Yeah. Ended his career. Yeah. But, I, but I mean, this, this was a this was a time in the league where fighting was encouraged. It was almost treated like the way it is in, in hockey now, mm-hmm. where it was just a part of the game. And he really, I, it was it was kind of just a confluence of a bunch of a bunch of events that just you know, Rudy Tomjanovich was running towards I think to help a teammate, so he didn't have his hands up. He wasn't trying to get involved in the altercation. Kermit Washington turned around and saw someone running towards him and assumed that he was coming at him through a punch at a defenseless person. And he tried to hit him face. with his face. Yeah. It's a good thing. He got his hand up. Well, he, he did. Yeah. Otherwise Kermit really would have gotten hurt. <laughs> yeah. Surprising move from a guy named Kermit. You know, yeah. you wouldn't expect that. <laughs> Not easy being green. Rainbow. That was my Kermit. Uh, this team also <laughs> traded for Adrian Danley uh, in December, who was awesome for them. The boy's sick, dog. And uh, yeah, Norm like- Nixon, Norm Nixon on this team, who I just Storm remember from Norm. being on, on a lot of my whatifsports.com teams when I would put together. Oh, really? Yeah, he said, had a lot of assists. And I just remember mm. trying him out on some teams. That's, that's what I think about him from. So that our number three team in the ELO rating, lost, lost in the first round of the Sonics, uh, was the LA Lakers. So on to number two. And that's because Kareem was hurt. The number two team. Well, yeah, Kareem. Well, he wasn't hurt at that point, but. Okay. That, that is certainly part of why they didn't end up higher. They definitely, they had a weird year between between Kareem's punch and Kermit's punch. 
It was a weird year for the Lakers. But our number two team in the ELO rating was the San Antonio Spurs, led by the Iceman George Gervin, one of the top 40 players of all time. Uh, he had an awesome true shooting percentage this year. He was a, he was a, a scorer, but he was an efficient scorer, 50, 59% true shooting. And he ended up leading the league in scoring this year by 0. .07 points per game. This was part of the, the famous last day battle where he and David Thompson, where uh, George Gervin had 63, David Thompson had 73, both on the last day of the season, fighting for that scoring title. Love that. Uh, Pretty crazy. I wonder what those games would have been like to watch. But oh, there's a little been te- weird. There's a little teaser for the time travel. What's really fascinating is that Dave Thompson's game was first, and he was sort of leading. And he just he didn't know how many points he had to score to sort of maintain. Nobody the calls title. him Dave Thompson. Dave Davy Thompson. Davy. Nobody calls him Dave Thompson. Hey, Big Davy Thompson. You want me to call him up right now? Um, yeah. So anyways, you know, he's, of course, 73 points, which should be more than enough to hold off See, the chasing. Dave Dave thought that was enough. And then... Yeah, no, hold, that's a, hold on. Ryan's telling a good story, though. Basically, that's insane. Seven he hours, scored, what, 73, you said? Yeah, he scored 73 points, and he probably thinks it's in the back. And seven hours later... Yeah. Georgie. Yeah. He, Iceman. He puts up, you know, 60... Freezes 60... Him. How many? 60 what? 63. 63. And guess what? He missed his first six shots and caught a timeout immediately. And is like, guys, don't worry about the title. Uh, it's not a big deal. And his teammates just rallied behind him, supported him, and kept feeding him the ball. And then he just went off. It was an incredible story. It was against all odds. Yeah. That's an incredible story. Yeah. Some of the narrative stuff there, I think, is probably fictional. But uh, that's still a cool story, the, the numbers and – and the scoring because he won, he wins by what point oh seven or something point oh seven was, yeah. yeah actually it's not yeah, fictional so it's just a, a fractional I, win he probably I um have a video recording it's of true him. he called the timeout oh uh, yeah he I have video recording of him via Twitter resources and he describes this scenario of his thoughts and feelings through the emotions of that day whoa first hand account wow. from from Georgie Gervin do they do they interview Dave Thompson at all. Stop! <laughs> oh my gosh, you're killing me. Um, even, even even on Basketball Reference, they don't list Dave as a nickname for David Thompson. No, sorry, I got lazy. Skywalker, I got lazy. He was Skywalker. Yeah, this was the year of that incredible Star Wars holiday special that mm-hmm. almost ruined the franchise. So of course you got to call him Skywalker. I, we were we were discussing that earlier. Sadly, Ryan has never seen it. Everything is true except oh, for the name I, well, is David. He's not lucky. David. And and Ryan, you never never gave a straight answer. How many of the main Star Wars films of the not, main nine have you actually seen? Oh, I don't think you asked that yet. Um, I've seen ten. No. There's the holiday Gosh. special. That's not helpful. I've seen that all nine. Count. Dude, how awesome! The main nine, and you just admitted you awesome haven't seen it. Would it be to time travel and just? Forget basketball. Just find a laser disc player and watch that holiday special, and then come back. I have not that, seen the holiday sucks. special. I still think you guys I know, are making I just this do up. That. And I would just open up my trapper keeper and take notes of all the stuff that's in there. It's gonna be great. Oh my gosh! Wait, can you, you guys? Cabbage patch dolls. Are you guys gonna finish those Reese's pieces? We're just, we're just dropping references right now. Yeah, and this is the this is the year after Billy Joel made that one album about sitting on his hand. 
So a lot of a lot of cool stuff was happening. Was that called the Stranger? Huh. Yeah, remember Elton? Yeah, the Stranger. Elton John went with the no glasses look for the cover of People magazine. So he was oh, trying that bold, out. Bold choice. I would never yeah, have seen that for him. Look, see. <laughs> yeah, I would have never noticed. Oh man. All right, so are we ready for our number one team for our champion of 1978, the new champion? Yeah, we should really move on to that. Okay. So the regular season ELO-rated champion of 1977-1978 season is the Philadelphia 76ers. Congratulations. Yes. Dr. J. Give him the ring. Give him the ring. Dr. J led the team 21 points a game. George McGinnis with 20 points per game. Interesting fact on this team. Uh, this team had Mike Bibby's dad, Tamika Ketching's dad, Mike Dunleavy's dad. Isn't that just the same person? And no, it, it was a, it was a senior junior situation. Okay, that was and really also confusing. Had Kobe Bryant's dad. Yeah, that's that's what the junior and senior is about. Uh-huh. I actually flew the other day, and my my oldest son has the same name as me. It confused. We spent so <laughs> much time at the gate as they tried to figure out why we had the same name. Oh my so gosh. Obnoxious. See, I can just see that Dunleavy is at the airport or like in your same scenario, like a little Laurel and Hardy kind of thing. Just, well, I'm senior. No, I'm junior. <laughs> He's my dad. Like, so you you have the same name, but you're different people? Yes. It's, it's really difficult to fathom. There was a point where the, the entire plane was boarded and they had us off to the side and they were trying to figure out how to print the right tickets. Like you have two empty seats and two people who clearly bought them. Just let us on. Does it matter who it to me? Yeah. No. Like, no. But no, that's not the right one. No, he oh boy, what are we gonna do? I, I, I so would they, love they, to they, just sit there and talk to Mike Dunleavy and his kid about this because they could probably sure relate. I'm sure. I thought that you were just a couple of wise guys yucking it up. No, but we weren't. It wasn't a scam, just two people with the same name. Why, yeah, yada. The whole social fabric is falling apart. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry I, you had that experience, but I yeah. am happy for Dr. J because yeah. what, he gets that championship in 83, but it's really borrowed at that point because he's over the hill. This yeah, is this, in his prime. Yeah. Well, well, he definitely, it makes a big difference for his legacy when we talk about that a little later, about okay. him getting this championship here in his prime. I think it's great but, too because the Bullets probably weren't the team that was best represented as the best team that season, even though no. they won the championship. That's it just the whole had reason a we want to do this. They, they were hot they were for twenty hot for games. Yeah, seventy sixers were hot for. So we stop our our thing after seventy five games just to account for resting players and stuff. The seventy sixers were were the hot team for the first seventy five. So congratulations to them. Yeah, they were Good like job the, to the Bullets Blues for being brothers. hot for twenty, but yeah, yeah. They were like the, the Blues Brothers on SNL, you know, that making their debut um, that they year. Made their so that's debut great. this year? Yeah, they did. That was uh, Blues Brothers were born. So, all right. Well, congratulations to the Philadelphia 76ers. But that takes us to the star of our show, the time travel week, where we, where we go through the thought exercise of, all right, we just talked about an NBA season. If we could go back in time and spend a week there during the season, what would we do? What games would we go see? What other things would we do? The rules being we're not affecting world events. We have to go to at least one NBA game. Once you're there, the travel matters. You can't just 
teleport to another place. And we're not there to invest in trapper keepers. We're not we're not there to buy a bunch of laser discs. You know, we're we're Cabbage there to patch dolls. Yeah. So uh yeah. Ryan, what what do you what do you do in that week? Well, I would like to maximize my games as always, and I feel like the best way to do that is gonna travel back to the week of April second, nineteen seventy-eight, and check out Genesis. Mm-hmm. Like me playing at the Penn State University. And um even Genesis. Though, yeah. Bill Collins. Nice. Do you ever hear about the guy that one yeah. time he tried to drive off the bridge and Uh-huh. Well, anyways, um, but no, that'd be a good show. I like Genesis. Um, and then I'm going to try to, even though we've given a lot of flack, I'm trying to figure out how this bullets team is going to win the championship and the, the usual manner, not, not in our ELO rating system. So I'm going to check out the Knicks versus the bullets and Bob McAdoo's going to score 25 points. Lonnie Shelton, 25 points. Mitch Kupchak, it's still there. 30 points. And Charles Johnson, also still there, 21 points that night. And then we're going to check out another Genesis show because we're going to try to, again, keep trying to go to these games. And then I'm going to travel to the game that we talked about before with the Spurs and the Jazz, April 9th, 1978. Incredible performance. We got George Gervin putting up 63 points to win the scoring title. And before that game, I'm going to try my best to see if I can make it to the Nuggets game with good old Davey Thompson putting up 73 points. Incredible field goal percentage. 74% field goal percentage. That's I don't know. If, can can somebody match that shooting 38 shots? I don't know. I feel like that's a record. Um, and then I'm going to... It's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, so I feel like, you know, kind of like you hinted at before, they're just... How can you not see those games or try to catch those games. And then I think I'll have mm-hmm. to travel back home. So you're going to try and catch those, uh, those two high scoring end of the day game, end of the season shootouts. Yeah. I just don't know and about a the, bunch of Genesis shows. Yeah. I just don't know if the travel's feasible. So I got to get from the pit from uh, Detroit for the earlier game. And then I got to get to um, New Orleans. I think it could be done. I have about seven hours, roughly. So it depends on the flight schedule. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll give it to you. That, those would be really cool to see. Definitely. How about how about you, Chris? What are you doing? Yeah, Chris, what are you up to that week? I mean, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> um, so I actually was really excited to go back to 1978 just because I want to catch the opening of Superman. I mean, this uh, sounds like a really cool movie. Um, I've got to play some breakout on Atari. Sold a million copies that year. Um, want to read some cool Garfield. Ryan, Ryan was going to play some Genesis. That's so much better. That, yeah. I don't even think Sega was out yet. I was really confused what he's talking about. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's really cool. Um, maybe I'm going to brush up on my reading and writing with some speak and spell, but Ooh. do some memory know. games. The Simon also came out that year. Did it really? Yeah. How'd you forget that? 77. Yeah. I mean, it is a memory game that I apparently didn't know came out. So mm-hmm. not sure what, uh, so I actually am going to go to New York, December 2nd, Madison square garden, uh, Freddie Mercury and the boys going <laughs> to kick ass. 
You can't you can't criticize him for calling him Dave Thompson and then you call him <laughs> Freddie Mercury in the voice. <laughs> I've never been called that. Basketball reference does not have a another nickname for the band Queen. Um, but I'm pretty sure if they did it would be Freddie Mercury and the Boys. <laughs> Anyway, it's a really cool show, Madison Square Garden. They, you know, they're going to bring down the house. Um, and then I'm actually going to uh, stick around New York the next day and see Milwaukee come to town and play New York. Uh, Bob McAdoo, 27, Earl Monroe scores a few points. But I, I was excited to see Alex English because he's a Denver Nuggets legend. Um, he plays as a rookie, so I'll, I catch that game. Um, and then – just because I can do whatever I want, I'm going to fly to Los Angeles to watch Denver play LA the next day because I really want to see Skywalker Thompson, David Skywalker freaking Thompson, Dan Issel, um, Kareem. Yeah, it's, it's a battle. Nuggets win by two. So um, I don't know how that helped them on the ELO rating, but they probably should have won this year. I'm not exactly sure. We'll do a deep dive later after the episode. Um, but, uh, I can do it. I can do a, like a shallow dive for you right now uh, and let you know they finished eighth. Be careful. Don't go ahead first. Be careful. Uh, it's no diving the shallow end of the pool. Uh, but that's where Kevin hangs out. I'm a strong swimmer. I guarantee I'm a better swimmer than you. What? Oh my gosh. I will take Anytime. that. Bet. So Anytime. I, I've got to get on a plane though. I don't have time right now. Uh, I'm going to read my Garfield comics that came out this year. We don't have time for one of your swims. We probably have time for one of my swims. They're quick. I'm going to, fl- I'm going to fly to Buffalo, New York to see Baptist Pistol Pete Maravich because he was pretty banged up this year. Nope. Not Pistol Pete. Kevin um, is Ricky Green. He just went by Pistol Pete. So I wanted to see uh, Pistol Pete play this year, but he was pretty banged up. Um, but he did play this game and scored 26, and I just wanted to see his shooting style. Um, that gets me uh, – where I could cross the river to New Jersey, George Gervin in town. It's not the game that Ryan got to see, but I got to see Iceman score 38 versus Bernard King, who brings it with 36 and 12. I want to see both those players. And then uh, to finish things up, I'm going to go down to Philly, catch a plane down there, and watch San Antonio come to town, Iceman versus Dr. J. And that's how I finish my week, Kevin. It's a good week. A lot of royalty. You got Bernard King and the Queen and his boys. Mm -hmm. Some real bangers. Some real bangers. All right. All right. So here's here's what I wanted to do for my week. I I had a list of priorities. Number seven on my list of priorities, I wanted to see the final Sex Pistols show. Wasn't able to make that happen. Number six, I really wanted to see Dave Thompson. Number five, I was hoping to see George Gervin. David, you mean? Number four... Dr. J. I said Dave. He also makes a great hamburger. He really does. Square patties of the future. Number three on my list, I wanted to see Fleetwood Mac. They were on tour supporting their Rumors Rumors album. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, It's all true. I didn't believe it. It's all true. (laughs) No, it's all true. It's probably... of, Of... Artists that put out music in the 70s, I think Bowie is probably the person I've listened to the most, and then Fleetwood Mac is probably number two. So that'd be really good. David Bowie. But I got I got to make a confession about number two. So number two is embarrassing for me to talk about. I've always been a little bit ashamed that I've never really got Steve Martin. I feel like I feel like you're supposed to 
I feel like he's supposed to be like a thinking man's comedian. I, I would like to think of myself as such. I just, his stand-up stuff doesn't seem funny to me. And it a lot of the time, it does seem, seem like it was a, a moment in time that you had to be there for. So if I'm going back, I'm going to try and be there for it and, and try and catch a, a Steve Martin stand-up You're going to torture yourself? That, that, that's high on my list. No, because I like, I like, I like it. I like his movies. I, I like a lot of stuff he's done. His standup just does not hit for me. And it does sound like it was a moment in time thing. So I'm going to try and catch that moment in time. And then the, the number one thing for me though, on this list, particularly on this basketball podcast is to see Bill Walton play with the Blazers team. So I'm heading back November 12th, 1977 to Saturday going to Mackey Auditorium in Boulder, Colorado to watch Steve Martin perform. That's where I'm starting off my week. Can I just add something to that? Yeah, of course. This is a, this is a real thing. I'm not trying to be funny, but I just was looking it up as you were, as you were speaking in the, um, the skit wild and crazy guys actually debuted in 1977 Uh too. So that was right around that Steve Martin era when he was Mm -hmm. sketch comedy, funny fresh kind of well, he stuff. Was only, like, he only did stand up for a very brief guys. period of time. He he stopped yeah. doing stand up shortly after this. So sure it makes yeah. sense. Uh so I'm gonna November twelfth is a Saturday. I'm gonna catch that show in Boulder. The first game I want to go to is not for three days. So I'll I'll probably try and catch Star Wars. The, the first Star Wars was still in theaters. Then on Tuesday November 15th, I'm going to catch the Blazers at the Bucks. I got I got to see as many Blazers games as I can. So Blazers won that game 109-106. Bill Walton, 13 for 18 for 32 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, a couple of Those blocks. He's a human eraser that game. Yeah. So that that would be a, a cool game to see. Then the next night, I'm, I'm basically just going to be following the bus to Indy. Watch the Blazers play at Indy. This, this, this one was a Pacers win. 111-104. Bill Walton with uh, uh, 20, 12, and 8. Adrian Dantley with 26, 9, and 5. And I also I always like to think with these weeks what what one jersey I would buy out of these games. While I'm at that game, I'm probably picking up that Adrian Dantley number 4, that white Pacers jersey. Oh, that's cool. Be, be a weird random. He only played 23 games for the Pacers, so be a weird random Dan, random jersey to own. I think Ryan gets the Webster jersey this year, and I'm I'm going to get the Maravich jersey. Just going to drop that right now. The Maravich would be a good one. Yeah, but uh, and then my, the final thing I'm going to do after that game, I'm going to hop on a plane, head out to Perth, head out to Australia. That's where Fleetwood Mac was at the time. You're not going to make it. It's the uh, the rumors tour. You're not going to make yeah, it. Yeah, well, I got two days, so you can go from Detroit to New Orleans in like five hours, but I can't get to Australia in two days. There's no direct flight. Where are you leaving from? I'm not. I'm not assuming. It. I'm. I'm leaving from Indianapolis. Are you traveling Can by you submarine? I'm bra- traveling by Greyhound. <laughs> Can you do me a favor when you're down there? Can you check the toilets? Can you go across the Bering Strait? Because they flush up, right? Yeah. Will you tell me if they flush backwards or whatever? Duck. Yeah, up. You have to do a handstand. Yeah, I'll check. <laughs> okay. Thanks. You're a good friend. Yeah, please no, let us sure. know in your journal. Yeah, I'll report back next ne- next week's episode. I'll I'll report back on the uh, the flushing of toilets in 1977 <laughs> Australia. Incoming, <laughs> outcoming. <laughs> Don't make a promise you can't keep. Oh. Don't make a request that's nonsensical. <laughs> Never.
What Ooh. a year. All right. Fantastic. So that's, that's the end of my week. So did, didn't get a chance to see that Sex Pistol show, but it, it, you tried. I thought that would be cool. It was along the lines of the Steve Martin thing where it's another band I said don't get. So I thought it'd be interesting to be there for. But it sounds like all the shows on that tour were kind of terrible. So did you catch Annie Hall? No, I didn't. I, I think I'll just watch that on DVD when I get back. That's probably sensible. Yeah. All right. So our next segment, we talked, we like to talk about the MVP a little bit. So in the same way that the finals MVP always is basically always from the winning team. If we were giving out the champion, the championship for the, to, for the regular season, I think the MVP voting would really skew towards who the champion was. Uh, so we like to look and see whether or not we think that would affect the MVP voting. So this is, this is a, a interesting year where Bill Walton won, but his team was not the champion. But the best player on the 76ers, Julius Irving, finished 10th in MVP voting. So I don't know if I don't know if winning the championship vaults him all the way up to number one. He only played 74 games this year. Uh like 20.6 points a game. It, it wasn't I mean, it, it was awesome. It was great, Dr. J. This is a year where it probably would have gone to George. I, I I feel like maybe this would goes to George Gervin if we if we redid it, just because it's t- it's tough to give it to Bill Walton playing fifty eight games. It's kind of a little a little odd that that happened in the moment, but especially uh, it's, a, it's a year where Kareem very easily could have won, but on like a per game basis, he was maybe the best player, but he also missed a bunch of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so weird year. If Gervin wins the championship plus. He has a scoring it, title. Yeah, I feel like the the Spurs the Spurs were the number two Elo champion, the, the number two Elo team. If they had been number one, I think George Gervin is almost without question the MVP this year. Mm-hmm. He, he was not that far behind Bill Walton anyway. Yeah, if you look at the first place votes, it's ninety six to eighty, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I agree and, with that. And and uh, honestly, if the Lakers won the championship this year, they were third. I think there's a decent chance Kareem would have gotten it, even though he missed that many games because he 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 played more games than Bill Walton did. You put him ahead of David Thompson. Just just in, in this thought exercise where sure. we are making the regular season champion is given the the title. Sure, I think it would really skew the MVP voting towards that. George Gervin. Not had- saying David Thompson wasn't awesome. George Gervin had a higher field goal percentage at 53.6 and free throw percentage 83 compared to David Thompson only mm-hmm. at 52.1 and 77.8. And mm-hmm. um, he did that over a couple more games as well. So he maintained that higher level of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, George, George Gervin was, was well ahead of David Thompson in the MVP voting. I mean, they were two and three, but George Gervin got a lot more votes. And Spurs yeah. were a much better team. It makes sense. Where do you put Kareem yeah. in this? I think there were two players that were remembered for that that scoring that scoring title chase that they both uh, went head to head in. I think they were kind of remembered for that, but I, George Gervin was the more well rounded player. What were you saying about Kareem? I just was curious what your thoughts about where do you put him? How close is he to well, the top? I, I think he. So because he missed those twenty games, I think that really cost him. I mean, if you look at if you look at his stats and. Think about what that would have been like if he had played the entire season. I think there's a very good chance he would have been MVP. Yeah. But I think you could safely say no matter which universe exists, ours 
or the actual one that happened. Walter Davis stays put at five. Yeah, Walter Davis is at five, and that's where he belongs. The Candyman is the, was the fifth best player this year. Mm-hmm. That's as yeah. sweet as it gets for the uh, yeah the audience. Definitely not me. Remind me what uh, Kareem the the circumstances behind his punch. We talked a little bit about uh, he got punched by somebody, got mad, and sucker punched them back in game one team. of the season and missed. Uh, ended up not being suspended in kind of a. Uh, he bro- he broke his hand doing that and missed 21 games. It was kind of a time served kind of thing, right? So it's kind of like didn't the get cliche. any additional suspension. They always seem to get the second Nick guy. Lachey? Who did Nick Lachey punch? 98 degrees. Um, yeah, that old cliche. You know, they always get yeah, the always catch the second retaliation guy. man. Like the first guy's like, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't see mm-hmm. me do it. Yeah, in this case, the, the fracture got the second guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how the karma did that. That's exactly what karma does. Yeah, it would have been amazing to see Kareem finish out the season. He would definitely, I think, would have been up there. But I think think we're going to go ahead and say our exercise doesn't really change this. So maybe maybe it would have gone to Gervin, but Julius doesn't quite have enough to jump that high. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So next next segment, we're going to talk about the bronze medal team. So if we if we say that the gold medal for this season goes to the Elo regular season Elo champ. That's the 76ers. And then we reluctantly give the silver medal to the postseason champion, the Washington Bullets. Which which team should be remembered as the bronze medal? If we did that as like a coach's poll, who who's who's the third best team? Who do we think we should give that to? I I, I think for me it would probably be the, the Blazers. Yes. But what, what do you guys think? I agree. I mean they were just so high off the charts in our rating system. And then a lot of players were high off the charts this year. Cocaine was a major problem. Yeah, I think the Blazers have a lot of advanced metrics, but they fell off after they you know, they lost they their did. they did their star. I would actually say George Gervin and the Spurs. They finished second in the Elo rating. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe some of the advanced metrics here they don't check out on, but this is an Elo heavy podcast yeah. and I George Gervin was there to the end, scoring 63 points to take the scoring title and finish second in MVP voting mm-hmm. and finish second at ELO. That, that's my team. That's the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. I, I think that's that's pretty reasonable. It, uh, the Trailblazers have built up a pretty a pretty major lead by game 60. I, I, f- I feel like that was enough for me to still think of them as the team – the team to pick for this year. Sure. If I, if I, if I was actually in the moment able to vote for something like this and also vote for MVP, I think I would probably vote George Gervin MVP and the Blazers as the, as the bronze medal team. They kind of split it up that way, but okay. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I'm looking With back. What? We said different things. I'm looking back at our looking back on time travel. <laughs> this is Ryan's looking back segment. I just feel like so, the the Trailblazers just kind of off the charts at the beginning, and then with the injury, it just changed everything. Mm-hmm. That's it's hard for me to get over mm-hmm. the fact how how That's much what I was saying better than they were than everybody. Yeah. That's what I was saying. No, that's not what you were saying. He just said it's hard to get over how much better they were than everybody. For a little while. The majority of the season. For a little while. 58 games. 
Three quarters. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just noticing that you're wrong. So it's a different thing. So if we look at our stats. But it feels on, like you're just saying I'm wrong. After our, our prime right. time segment, if we can look back at the stats there. Uh-huh. Do you, do you have the Sixers on top? Yeah, the Sixers are the number one team. Okay. They won the this thing? Yeah. Dr. J got his ring. Yeah, we we cheered for him. And Spurs were two, Lakers were three. Okay. Yeah, some of our supplemental ideas for this episode title were the doc ring the doctor. And yeah. Dr. J gets his ring mm-hmm. and put that baby to sleep. I just want to reiterate that he finally the got, doctor got his ring. Won a championship. And and who done it? Houdini. Yeah. Houdini. Dr. Houdini. <laughs> What'd you do with that championship? It's hiding over here. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how he talked? I think so. I don't know. Podcast he was stuff. A it's Hungarian a, immigrant, but you know how the 76ers won in our exercise. Only you can decide for that. What's incredible mm-hmm. to me is that mm-hmm. when they matched up against the 76ers mm-hmm. in the playoffs, uh, it was a six game series. And in game six, it was a two point game. And the reason they won is they had more offensive rebounds. They out rebounded 18 to 8 over the Sixers. And on the last sequence, mm-hmm. Before they scored the last two points, there was like four missed shots, maybe three. I might have exaggerated, but basically they capitalized at the very end when it mattered the most, and they got. Um, uh, there was a one missed shot, a twenty foot jump shot, and then it rebounded out twenty feet back out, and there was a drive to the baseline, missed again, and then you got. Uh, offensive tip-in, miss, and then finally another put-back with a tip-in. So all this is happening in the last, like, 12 seconds. Because it doesn't make sense to me how the Bullets could wow. beat the 76ers. But basically, the off- offensive rebounds just hit them on the glass too much. Yeah. And Bobby Dandridge was a really good player. I mean, they, they, it was not like they were a team that was just trash, but I don't know. Well, throughout the, the most... The, the whole point is I. I what was that? Alvin Hayes too. Alvin Hayes is pretty good. I was saying Alvin like, Hayes is good. They just it's just one of those things where most of the season they were like barely over five hundred. And like I said, just mm-hmm. those clutch moments, a little bit of luck. Even uh Enzelt, yeah. who did the final tip in after the miss said it was luck. He he couldn't believe what happened. So I think mm-hmm. this is why I would like to do this yeah. exercise where we're looking did he at he say that on Twitter? Uh, no, this is New York. Yeah, it was one of your tw- your Twitter deep, Twitter deep dives. No, it was New York Times. Tweet that. What? Who are you? What? I do a lot of research mm. for this podcast. No, thank you. Cool, thank you for that. Yeah. So, yeah. any given team. La- last section. We just, just want to talk a little bit about how the legacies would change. Right in our in our new version of this universe, where Dr. J wins this championship, I think I think this has a, a, an interesting effect on things. I think it probably hurts. Obviously, uh, West Unsold. This is his only title. Loses that. Uh, El- Elvin Hayes loses his only championship. Bobby Dandridge had another title, but I think the big thing that this changes is a, a couple of things. One, Dr. J getting a title in his prime. I think we think of him a little differently. I think the title he won in 83 was definitely more Moses's team. Uh, 
and a lot of his glory years were in the ABA. So this gives him a, a legitimate, he's the best player on the team title in the NBA. It also, the fact that George McGinnis was on this team, we give him his only champion, his only NBA championship. Most of his career was in the ABA. If in 1978, a team starring George McGinnis and Dr. J wins the title, I think it also changes how we think about the ABA a little bit. It really validates a lot of how good that league was and how many talented players were there. If just a couple years later, the, the star of the ABA comes over and wins an NBA title. I, I, th- I think that uh, I, I think that probably has a pretty dramatic effect on how we remember the ABA. What do you think, Chris? Um, I think so, too. Right now, the AB- <laughs> is this is your Ryan. I agree. No, I, I don't have. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, I think that would definitely impact the way that because the ABA sort of like looked at like the the younger brother who never lived up to the older brother's legacy. So, or something. I don't know if that's a good metaphor. I'm just saying, like, I think or the, ugly the NBA was the thing, and it became the it became yeah, the, the ugly stepsister who who the older brother pretended we wasn't related to their redheaded child. Yeah, and like wouldn't take her to the dance or whatever, but. Uh-huh. Like like on a dare, his friend convinced him maybe he could turn her into like a hottie, like a ten out of ten, and she's like a four out of ten. And his so he step-sister? spends like yeah, he spends a whole year like getting her ready for the prom so that she can you know just come out stunning and oh and, like in a makeover. Like he's not taking her to prom. This is like ten things I like about you. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's yeah, it's um, she's all that in a bag yeah. of chips. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. Back I think, it would, came out this I think year? it would do this season and this exercise would do a lot for the ABA mm-hmm. just in general. I agree. I think that's we what just saved the ABA. Ryan, thoughts? I agree. Yes, we did it. Yeah, I think, um, like I said, it's it's two years past this merger. We're trying to figure out if the ABA, what does it mean? Like we're describing, they don't have the respect. So if he comes over and you know, the wins a championship, you definitely give him more cred. Yeah. So you're, I, I think, I think that's probably how we'll end this episode of dime travel. Uh, congratulations, Dr. J you're welcome. And, uh, Ryan, are you ready to set your, uh, set your little device to the next year we're doing? Yeah. Where are we going? So next, next, next week, we're going to jump back. All the way to 2017. Is it yeah. not ahead? Oh my God. What? Am I going ahead or backwards? Well, we we went back to 78, then we returned to the present. Oh, we go back and then to we the go present? Back. Yeah. So we go yeah, back to the future? We're not just staying in 78 till the next episode. We return to the present. Do I it's come, a back to the future thing. Do I come back Anyway, yes. right where I leave? I really think... Uh, or do I go come back a few seconds later? I, think, I want to thank everybody who's still listening at this point. Um, yeah. You guys did a great job tonight. I love the time travel weeks, and um, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, anyone uh, who listened. That I'm was, pretty sure Sarah's fun. ready to, to put us to bed. So What time is it? All right. Anyways, I'll see you guys next week. All right. All right. Programming my little Thanks. machine. Thirty. It is bedtime.